0: Good evening everybody, we are here. The last day of this fourth month. We just thank God. It's been, it's been a hot month in India. Tough month for the church. Not just GDC Hyderabad as such, but the other GDCs. But at the end of the day, God is good. He's always good and he's always faithful to his people. And as the word of God says through Apostle Paul, for us to live or die is gain. There is no loss when you are in Christ Jesus. Everything is gain. So we just thank God that we didn't lose in April. We gained more of Christ in April. We didn't lose. Just thank God. So this evening, as we go to the Q&A, I thank again for those who sent the questions Sometimes it causes us to search for answers because that question was never in our mind. And we realize, okay, people have different questions. And it's interesting when we search, we find the word of God has all the answers. Not that I find it, but to the best of our knowledge, understanding, God's grace, we try to give you an answer. But ultimately, God will answer you. He's given us a spirit, Jesus said, who shall lead us to To all truth. So this evening before we begin, let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We just thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. We come at this time, everyone send the questions, everyone who listens, everyone who keeps on forwarding these sessions onto different media, Lord. We do not even finally know how many listen, but we pray, Lord, we will be hidden. You will be revealed, for you alone have the power to Mm -hmm. save, to comfort, to lift, to edify, to protect, to preserve. Only you have, Lord. So even through the Q&A, may Christ be magnified and be glorified Mm -hmm. in the midst of his people. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Give us the wisdom, Lord, to answer. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Let's start. It's question
1: number one. Uh, today. uh It's been a while. So uh, it says bumped across a short, shocking clip of a preacher stating that God doesn't know one thing. That is how it feels sinning, as he never sinned nor experientially knew shame, etc., and that his son experienced it all on earth and hence he could advocate the father and plead on our behalf whilst we have core we have core of gospel with tons of scriptures and the very character of god that he knows everything 1 john chapter 3 verse 20 psalm 139 psalm 147, in hebrews four thirteen, etc unlike humans god doesn't need to experientially feel the guilt or shame despair though he experienced pain anger sadness with israel and on the contrary he is the only one who understands us better The very reason he sent his son is not because he didn't know what it is to be a human and carry the burden of sin, but because he loved us so much. To preach such a thing is like blasphemy and a painted lie, isn't it?
0: Not necessarily. I have my own doubts about it. Um, Because, uh, let's go to scripture. Hmm. Let's go to the book of James. James. And verse chapter 1 and verse 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil. Nor does he himself tempt anyone. Hmm. Okay. So it's a very difficult statement to say that God knows evil experientially, mm. because he cannot be tempted by evil. Mm. Okay. It's a very difficult, I mean, it's a very theological question. I could be wrong, I could be right, but I do not, I'm not able to comprehend. God understands evil, absolutely, mm. totally understands evil. experientially. Like, let's, we have Dr. Richard, Dr. Doctor Luke sitting over here, okay? Now, let us say, let us say I have pneumonia, and he has never had pneumonia, but he knows pneumonia better than me.
2: Mm.
0: He yeah. knows pneumonia better than me. My knowledge of pneumonia is experiential. His knowledge of pneumonia is medical.
2: Mm.
0: He knows... M- Pneumonia, he knows what causes it, what stages it can go to, how it needs to be treated, when it needs to be treated, he knows it all. But his knowledge is not experiential.
2: Mm. Yes, okay. I want to
0: put it across. I was just asking God. "No, no, I didn't even know this question would come Lord no, gave me an example and then I saw Dr. Richard over there. And I know. So when we talk about evil, God knows everything about evil. But to say he... Experientially knows evil would be able to be saying that he has, he has it. He cannot be tempted. The Bible says in James, he is not tempted. But Jesus was tempted. God is not tempted. Jesus was tempted. Jesus was tempted because he came in this body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God is the spirit. Okay, so God was not tempted. So we need to realize, so for me it is thing is that Yes, when Jesus came on earth, he was a man of sorrows experientially. He was a man of sorrows experientially. He was tempted at all points, Mm. and he did not sin. He knew what it was uh, to fail the shame, the sorrow, the pain in this human body. That's the difference. That's why he's called these two names, son of man and son of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, son of God. And the cry of Job, actually, the first book in the Bible is answered. Mm-hmm. Because Job is like, you no. Know,
1: who can? Who can? Be the advocate for myself. Advocate
0: for myself. No, I mean, you are God. Mm-hmm. But I want somebody to speak from man's point of mm-hmm. view. Okay, and somebody to speak from God's point of view. And Jesus becomes that person. He's mm-hmm. both God and man. So he's son of God and son of man. Mm-hmm. As son of man, He knows what we go through. He goes, he knows what it is to be tempted and not to sin. And he knows what it is to become sin on the cross. He knows it all. As God, he sympathizes. That's, if you go to Hebrews chapter, uh, four. Yeah, no, chapter four and verse 15. Okay, that's, that's the difference between Jesus Pre-incarnate Jesus and the Jesus who became man. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Unlike us, unlike us, okay, Jesus was tempted at all points. We We are not. Because once we are tempted and we fall in an area, the devil leaves us in other areas because he's already got us. But in G- with Jesus, I personally believe he is trying and trying and trying. Okay, this is not working, this is not working, this is not working, this is not working. So, he is one person who was tempted at all points and yet did not sin. If you notice, we are not tempted by many things. It does not make us superman. It is simply because the devil says, no. there is no point tempting in this because I already got you. The hook is there. I know where to tempt you. I've already done a data search on you. I have your data bank with me. I know you, so it's no point uh, wasting my time on you people on these things. I already know where. If I push you here, I know you will fall. Okay, but with Jesus, I believe what what God says. We believe He was tempted at all points, and <coughs> the Bible says the ruler of this world has come, but He found nothing in me, nothing to react to that flesh is dead. And I believe it was his prayer life. And his surrendered will to the will of the Father and his prayer life. It was primarily his prayer life that Mm. caused his flesh to die each day. So, in some ways, I believe what the preacher said is true, that uh, God understands everything about evil and sin. But to say that he experientially knows evil or sin, I think that is a blasphemy. Mm. That is the blasphemy. He is holy. He Achieve. cannot be touched by sin or evil. Mm. But Jesus was. On the cross, he became that experientially. On earth, temptation wise, he resisted it. Resisted it. Okay. So on the cross he became sinful man. So I don't think that was. I'm not saying that was the reason Jesus was sent, but one of the reasons, yes, that is what Hebrews four fifteen is talking about. Mm. One of the reasons you were sent is that you will never be able to tell Jesus you don't understand, because you are looking in terms of a Hebrew high priest. Okay, now a man comes with a particular set of sins, and he wants to make an offering. That priest may not identify with his sin at all. Hmm. Because he may not have gone through that. Yes. But he's just doing the sacrifice for his sin without identifying with it. But with Christ, no. You can go with to him with any sin. He says, I understand. I was tempted in that point. When I did not sin. But I understand the power of temptation. I understand what you go through. The struggle you go through. So I sympathize with you. I understand you are weak. But you know what? You are forgiven. Now hang on to me because I overcame. You too can overcome. That is the key. Mm-hmm. It's not just the peace we receive or forgiveness, but the power we receive to overcome because he overcame. That's where the the first statement Jesus makes in John 14 and verse 6 is, uh, we forget that no? Jesus is the way. Mm-hmm. He is the way. I am the way. Mm. If you want to come to the Father, he is the way. Mm. Anything you look in life that you are struggling with, if you want to overcome, Look to Jesus. He's the way. He's the way. Whatever area you're struggling in, it's oh. irrelevant. Hmm. Personal struggles, relationship struggles, office struggles, whatever. He's the way. You look at him, he will show you how you overcome. That's what he promises. Pastor Vidya was saying again about Laodicean Church. He went to them. If you overcome the way I overcame. So he becomes the way for the overcome. He becomes the way to overcome everything. Anything in life, He becomes the way. So it is not that we are just forgiven. That's one. that's just the cross. But the other side of the cross is an overcoming life. It's an overcoming mm. life. And that's what He's offering us. I think I've answered it, but personally, okay, now in heaven we will get answers to all these questions. But I do believe that God does not know sin experientially. And I think the whole universe would fall apart. Mm. Oh, he doesn't know, he's not proud. So he knows everything about pride right. and its consequences. Mm-hmm. He, oh, like, he does not know murder. Okay, but he knows everything about murder. Okay, he can give you 500 different ways in which you can kill somebody, <laughs> <laughs> but he won't kill anybody. That way. Okay, okay, things which we do not even know. So that way, when you are talking about God knows everything, I understand that. That is, uh, that is like the example. I thought that was a good example, right? Very good on this part. I mean, it's not mine. Oh, no, I believe so. God just gave to me so at that spur of the moment. So which example, is true. Yeah. I can know pneumonia. Per, uh, experientially. But the knowledge of pneumonia which Dr. Richard has is far greater than. If you ask me what is pneumonia, I will say, um, no In life. <laughs> my lungs. I was gasping for <laughs> breath. I was coughing. I mean, it can be anything. <laughs> anything. Okay. Of course today they'll say, but we have COVID. Okay. Okay. But he will tell you from the beginning till the end. The whole thing. Though he doesn't have to go through it experientially. Okay, I believe God is more on that side. And we are on more on this side. Experientially we know sin. And he on that, he has absolute knowledge of everything. He doesn't have to partake of it. Mm. He does not have to partake of it. He can have knowledge without being a partaker. He knows everything about evil without being a partaker of evil. So that way I understand. But Jesus on the other hand is different. He became sin for us on the cross. Cross. He became sin for on the cross. So we have a high priest who understands and sympathizes. Therefore, he intercedes with the father for our sake. When we go to him, he says, He says, Dad, I understand. And the dad looks at the son and says, I understand you too. I understand you too. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: another imp- very interesting question on this mm-hmm. on these lines pastor it's this question number 11 11 okay 11 is is on the same lines um it says, one day <clears throat> as i was pondering about when my family when my family would get saved there was this question that struck me why is it that the sin that adam committed automatically came upon all the generations of mankind but the salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ is a choice of will that has to be made by each individual and it is not automatic
0: like sin was. Could you please,
1: please explain? Yeah, that's a very good. A very, question. Interesting question. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> very interesting
0: question. <laughs> very interesting. <laughs> so, <laughs> and this is from Two Hindu converts from Hyderabad. Mm, okay, it's a very interesting question, but I will tell, that's why, I mean, the, I was looking at this question and saying, well, where do I get the answer for this? It's a very strange question. Okay, we can talk genetics and all, but most people don't understand genetics, neither do I. Okay. <laughs> let's go to John chapter three. Okay. Verse one, let's read verse one onwards, yes. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Jesus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Verse 5. Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Mm. Now, this is where the answer actually lies. When Adam sinned, all sinned, because we are born of Adam, born of Adam. So if so automatically everybody, that's where genetics comes in. Everybody comes in. Everybody was in. Adam and that nature of Adam, the fall. If Adam had not sinned, his sons would have been born without sin. Without sin. Okay. Without sin. Um, there are so many possibilities if Adam and Eve had not sinned. Let us say Adam and Eve did not sin and they had so many children. They were all without sin. And they got married, but one couple among them sinned. So you have a line without sin and a line with sin. Okay, that is what Genesis six is talking about: one angelic group and one human group, mixed and hybrids are forming. God, none of the things happened here. Adam sinned before they had any children. The children are born outside the garden. So in the garden there are no children. Mm. So when Adam sinned, in him every are decent, okay, because we are all born of Adam, that nature is passed on, that nature is passed on, okay, you cannot I mean you don't need rocket science to understand it, Pastor Vijay is here, look at Abigail looks like him, look at Emil looks like jain <laughs> Samir is sitting here, look at Joanna. looks like samir, look at uh, Emil, uh, Aman. Aman, looks like Reni, it's why it is those features if outward features are carried. <laughs> How oh, much more? Inward also. Okay, it's being carried. Okay. So that is passed on. But here, so what happens is, now you have, to, you're already born in that nature. The only way out is that you have to be born again. Born again. Born again. That's what God is bringing. Again, birth is mentioned. Birth is mentioned. But in this case, it is not a man and a woman coming together. Now we go back to John chapter 1. Again, okay. John chapter 1. And we look at uh, where Jesus says about the birth. Okay. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born Mm -hmm. not of blood, Mm -hmm. nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now again, you have to hear, because what is come is, will, 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 will has come over here. So, why did Adam fall?
1: Because of the will of man.
0: Because he had a will. Free will. God said, don't eat. If you eat, you will die. Right? So he had a free will. Every one of us, whole day we have been exercising free will. Okay, free will. So he had a free will, and in his free will, he chose to fall. In the same free will, we have to choose to start. It's an application of the free will. The way man fell is the same way man will rise. There's no other way. Jesus died for us. It's an established fact. Now, anyone who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ and believes doctrinally what Jesus did, repents and believes he will be saved. Mm. What is salvation? Now he's born again. Like you choose to die, you have to choose to live. Mm. It's a choice man has to make. When he chose to die, he was born in the image of God, was born again in the image of the devil. Mm. That's what happened. Mm. Now we who are born in the image of the devil, when we choose Christ, are born again in the image of God. It's a reversal of what happened over there. It's as simple as that. Mm. Both places there is a choice. There was a choice. There was a choice. But it is an individual choice. Just because I am saved, my children don't become saved. Children don't become saved. Because the children who are born are children who are born of the will of man, not of the will of God. So, when they are born, okay, the only child that was born of the will of God was Jesus. There is no child that has been born by the will of God. Mm. Will of God. It is born by the will of man. Where man had nothing to do with it, it was supernaturally impregnated by God, was Jesus. So every child is born of the will of God. So a will of man, therefore is born of the fallen nature. Now we do everything possible to give them that, atmosphere where he can make the right, or she can make the right choice, mm. but when the time comes, he or she has to make, make when she hears the gospel, conviction has to take place, repentance has to take place, and the choice has to be made when the choice is made, that person is now born again okay. if you go back to romans wow, 519? Yes, five nineteen yeah, go to five By 19. One man's yeah five nineteen go there mm-hmm. for for as by one man's of disobedience many were made sinners, so also by many, one man's obedience. obedience many will be, okay, many will be made righteous. It is both. One is, a, how does it? It's disobedience and obedience. It's as simple as that. And that's the way it is. Okay. It's not, it's not very dif- difficult to understand it because that's how it is. If a man who was born of God Okay, because Adam is called the son of God, He was born of God, a different kind of a birth, born of God. Okay, angels are also born of God, a different kind of a birth. Okay, so angels are also, they were created differently from us. But, if you look at parentage, the creator is the same. Okay, creator is the same. But here, how did man fall? By choice. Choice. So how will man be born again? By choice. By choice. And every person has to make that choice. Every person has to make that choice. He, he, my children are not automatically born again. Yeah. Cannot automatically because they have that free will. They have to choose. That's why Jesus uses in uh, uh, John chapter 3 and verse 3. He uses that term. You no, know? Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, one, first he cannot see the kingdom of God. And verse five, mm. he says he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Entering is a choice. Entering is a choice. You have to enter from one realm into another realm. You have a choice. You are already in, in this realm, the material realm, the physical realm. But if you want to enter into the kingdom of God, you have to make a choice. and When you make that choice, supernaturally the Spirit of God comes. One is the first choice to make choice. You need information. Without information, you cannot make choices. The less information, the f- less choices you have. Okay, More information, more choices you can make. The information is the preaching of the Gospel. And when you receive that gospel, the word of God says one is born of water. People will talk about baptism and all. I don't believe baptism mm-hmm. doesn't save anybody in mm-hmm. that way. Then the water has so much power. No, mm-hmm. I believe the water is the word of, word God, of God. Because yes. Ephesians 5.26 says washing of the water by the word, mm-hmm. by the word. And uh, James 1.18 yes. and First 1 Peter one twenty one. Yes, 1.21. Right? Yes, yeah, 1.21. Right. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Having mm. been born
0: again, by His own will He brought us forth by the word of truth. Mm. We are born. One twenty-one is even more clear. Yes. First Peter one twenty-one. No. Yes. Oh,
1: twenty-three. 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 23, 23, yeah.
0: twenty-three. Yeah. Having been born again, born again, not of corruptible seed but incorruptible. Why is the word seed used over there? Because the man's seed mm. is which gives birth to the child, so here that seed is used, there is a human seed and there is a divine seed, the word of God is incorruptible divine seed it's really, it's really spiritual it's really spiritual we may think it is words, no it is actually spiritual, it has the power to give birth, be birth something happens inside through the word of God which lives and abides forever Amen. so that's how it takes place Okay, that's what it takes place. So when Adam fell, all fell. When Jesus rose, all who were in the Lamb's book of life, which was written even before the foundation of the world, all rose with him. We discover it in history, but all rose with him. Everybody who was (laughs) elected by God, and that is God's knowledge. Oh, that is not fair. But God knows. He knows everyone who will hear and who will make their choices. And their names are already written. We are discovering. We are all part of Discovery Channel. (laughs) Okay, we are all discovering on the way who are all saved. But actually, God knows it all. Yes, Pastor Vijay. (coughs) Pastor, there's another question um, on... on,
1: uh, uh, wind, bl- the blowing of the wind. I think it's, again, John Scopes chapter 3 only mentions this. This is question number 12. Mm-hmm. Question number 12. <clears throat> there is a saying in, in English, the grass is greener on this side. Or she says, whichever way, the wind blows. You had a message, bend to the wind, on the 6th November 2019. Don't be barren. 3rd November 2019. Barren is not bearing fruit. Bend to the wind. Would you say we need to do a constant check-up, the spiritual check Heard the message, but I would like you to explain about barrenness and also bending to the wind. <clears throat> Go back to John chapter
0: 3. Yes. John chapter 3. And coming down to verse, uh, uh, after 5, verse 6, 7, that's where it is. The wind, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Now he is using the Holy Spirit mm. as a type, you know, as of the wind. Now we cannot control the wind. Again, the wind blows where it wishes, Okay, if you create a structure like this house, then we say, so I stop the window, no, it just bypasses and goes on. <laughs> exactly. Okay, that's why the Bible says, don't resist the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't resist the Holy Spirit. It'll just bypass you and go. Okay. In the same way where it, where it comes from, where it goes, we do not know. And, uh, the word also is put across the same way. My word shall not go void it will achieve the purpose for which it is being yeah, sent. Yeah. Even this word which I was speaking. Mm-hmm. Okay, we speak. It's the word of God. We use the word of God to speak the word of God. But where it goes, nobody has any control over it. I cannot control it. Sami has some kind of a control over there, but that is only in, no The technology end. It's only technology end. But where it goes, what it does, nobody has any control over it. It's in God's hands oh. and in His Spirit's hand. So the Word and the Spirit go together. Always they work together. And it does its work. But when it comes, we have one choice. We either bend to the wind, or we'll be one day broken by the wind. He says, either you fall on the rock and be broken, or you'll be crushed by the rock one day. Wow. Okay. That is is anyway the end. Okay, there will be t- only two kinds of people, ultimately, those who fell on the rock and those on whom the rock fell. Wow. Ultimately, there is only two kinds of people. So, But the thing is that, let's first come, because it's the first, it's about the bending. Keep bending to the spirit. Okay, the problem is the more you resist, uh the harder your heart becomes. Mm. Okay, this is uh, Genesis chapter 6. And verse 3. Spirit shall not strive with man. Right here. Chapter 6 verse 3. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for his indeed flesh. So what is God saying? That means God is speaking in that generation. There is an Enoch. There's a Methuselah. God is speaking and they had the most stunning symbol of all. A man just disappeared. Just disappeared. Well he was the one man who was different in their group. They knew that man was different because he walked with God. When it says he walked with God and was taken alone, that means nobody walked with him. Not that he was an unfriendly guy, but nobody wanted to walk with him. But he walked with God, and he's gone. So they have all these pictures. They have all these pictures. And there's another man who is building an ark. And he's doing all, the, I mean, their eyes crazy stuff. But things are happening. But the thing is that, you know what? The Spirit will not strive with man forever. Strive. Okay. That is why this, uh, the Holy Spirit is the person with whom so many titles are associated or types are associated. He is oil, he is fire, he is wind, and wind is, or oh, breath is the most common. Ruah. Right? Breath. Okay. Now, if you're using has a breath, if you are, if you have been, Dr. Richard and I have been, I as a pastor, Dr. Richard as a doctor, has been beside dying people. What happens with dying people? Their breathing gets slower and slower and slower and slower and slower. Okay? And then finally they stop breathing. And after some time, what happens? Rigor mortis sets in. The body becomes hard. Okay, That's basically what happens. The spirit stops striving, 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 striving. striving. Stop striving. And you know what? Rigor mortis sets in. Spiritual rigor, rigor mortis sets in. Now you are resistant to the word of God. Mm. Not only you are. You are hardened to the Word of God. The Word of God has no effect on you anymore. No effect on you anymore. And you can go to the next stage where you become an enemy of the Gospel. Enemy of the Gospel. Okay. So that's the wind side. So whatever happens, whatever happens, keep bending to the Spirit. I love Him. I love Him. Because He is the person God has given during the age of grace, he's the person he has been given. Whether in good times or bad times or tribulation times, listen to the Spirit of God. We hmm. get Spirit of God. Listen to him. Be led by him. Let him be the one who leads you. Let him be the one who comforts you. Let him be your guide. Let him be everything. That's the key. The key is the Holy Spirit. Because you need to realize, once the Holy Spirit has gone, you are done. Now you are done. Okay, like, uh, like with uh, prof, um, King Saul. Saul, yeah. Yep. And see, Holy Spirit is gone. He's gone.
1: Rigor mortis, yes, after assistive. that,
0: rigor mortis sets in. See, rigor mortis, If you ask Doctor Richard, it takes five to six hours. Yeah, roughly. Doesn't set in immediately. If you touch the body, the body is still, still warm. warm yep. Still warm. But after a period of, the person is dead. Person is dead. The body is still warm. Rigor mortis hasn't set in. After a few, five, six hours, it comes in. And then again, it goes. Right? It goes again. The rigamotis goes. Does it go? It goes, yeah. I'm using my knowledge from Perry Mason, okay. Perry Mason was the all-crime advocate, okay. So that's where I first read rigamotis. And, uh, you know what happens? Which is true. Solomon is still sitting on the throne. Okay. Nobody knows the spirit has left. He's still sitting on the throat. Sometimes he's good, sometimes he's bad. Good and bad, good and bad, bad, little good, more bad, little good, more bad, more bad, more bad, more bad, more bad, more bad. bad. Finally he goes down. Okay. That is what we are talking about. Okay. I am not somebody who prescribes to unsaved, always Mm. saved. Uh, you may get mad at me, but I look into the Word of God. Yes, can you have eternal security? Absolutely. If you do these, 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 continue in these, these things, and continue in this thing, you can be eternally secure. Okay, can be eternally secure. But if you don't do any of these things, you can be eternally insecure. Okay. I mean, my fundamental issue, why Why this is important? Because, you know what, this is all connected with the Holy Spirit. Okay, Because we I had somebody ask me this question again, and he said, you know, I said, it's got to do with doctrine. If somebody, he said, I showed everything from Scripture, which Pastor you had shown and taught and everything, but he refuses to believe. See, if you won't believe Scripture, it's because, yes, the Bible says, no one can pluck you from the Father's hand. I understand that. But can you get out of your Father's hand? No one else can. Hmm. Okay, because this is this is the whole thing about free will. If you are saved and you can never be unsaved, then where is my free will gone? Where is my free will gone? I understand in eternity, there is no devil, there is no sin, there is no corruption, there is nothing. So there is nothing there to tempt us that we will even fall. We are away from the presence of sin altogether okay there's no temptation in heaven at all there's no presence and okay and the and the reason also is because we are there absolutely in the presence of god all things have been made new but here the issue is that the bible does really say that uh, your name can be blotted from the book of life okay. it tells one of the churches no so that is where we have to be very, very careful about it, okay? Because his spirit will not strive with us for too long. Okay, though I would say that if you are genuinely saved, it's very difficult to be lost. Mm. Not an easy thing to get lost if you're genuinely saved. But my all, my issue is that in my own personal experience, of all these years of ministry, is that I always, when I meet people, I always wonder, are they really saved? Because same people we be, behave differently. You always know the difference between a living man and a dead man. <laughs> you know, it's always a difference. That is, I mean, salvation is a radical thing. It's a radical thing. I don't see anywhere in the Bible where salvation took place and it was not radical. It's a very radical thing. Okay, mm-hmm. it's a very radical things. Okay, though. Everything may not have changed experientially, but positionally everything has changed. Yeah. Everything has changed. Okay, everything has changed. But a lot of people, I personally believe for them, salvation, this accepting Jesus is just an insurance policy. Okay? Anybody who takes an accident, insurance policy is not hoping for an accident. But in case accident happens. Hmm. Just in case. <laughs> So, salvation is not like that. Salvation is not like that. Salvation is a very, very serious thing. It's a very, very serious decision you have made. Okay. That's why we keep these altar, keep on giving these altar calls, hoping one day this fellow will get saved, yeah. even though he's baptized. <laughs> I don't think if you are born of the Spirit, you cannot know it. Yeah. Cannot know it. You cannot know it. But you think you are born in the Spirit, then you are just thinking.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. You are thinking. Okay. And uh, if you are born in the body, and you can die. If certain conditions are not met to sustain life, In the same token, if you use an example, if you're born of the Spirit, conditions have to be met for you to grow. Even the Christ Jesus waxed strong in the Spirit. He was born in the Spirit. Conditions were met. If those conditions are not met, I believe those who were born of the Spirit also can die. The Spirit will just leave. So conditions have to be met. Okay, I mean, that's my take. If I'm wrong, Lord, forgive me that day. I'm not trying to make people insecure. On the other hand, we are trying to make people secure. So that's one thing. Even if you are not sure about anything in this (laughs) life, you're wrong doctrinally about everything else. (laughs) You're wrong about salvation. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You do not have time to correct it. (laughs) You do not have time to correct it. Okay. One thing about the, I mean, if you have, if you want to have a management class, Because Sammy just finished his management exam today. (laughs) (laughs) I was telling Sammy, what management exam? We can teach them management principles of the kingdom that blow their minds and heads up. How do we manage? We do not, but it is outside the relevant possibility. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, if you have a management (laughs) class of two people sitting about, about managing life, one is a man uh, called a rich man. No name. Another is a man called Lazarus. He has a name. <laughs> but he's a beggar, <laughs> sitting at the gate with the dogs, eating scraps, and the dogs lick his sore. He has no <laughs> medicine even to buy oil. To cure. Somebody would even give him a spoonful of oil or wine to put it. So dogs are his solace. <laughs> he's got personal name. Nurses okay, which are the dogs. Here are two people. So let us say, when it comes to education, which came to financial decisions, every other decision, Lazarus went wrong. Every other decision, rich man was right. Lazarus was right in one decision, which is connected with salvation. (laughs) The rich man was wrong in one decision, which is connected with salvation. (laughs) Ultimately, in eternity, (laughs) only one decision (laughs) matters. Yeah, only one decision matters Okay, so it does not matter how many right decisions you made on earth. It's only one thing will matter do you know Jesus do you know Jesus okay. it does not matter even if you had PhD in 15 subjects and you did not know Jesus you are, your goose is cooked okay. Okay. Literally. Okay. Okay. literally literally but you are illiterate <laughs> You never went to school, okay? Remember what the Sanhedrin said? They were shocked that these men were illiterate, yes, unschooled, illiterate, and but they were with Jesus. Jesus. That's the only thing that mattered. These guys were literate; they were not with Jesus. These guys were illiterate; they were with Jesus. And when there was a test, it was revealed who was with Jesus and who was not with with Jesus. Who made the difference? The Spirit of God made the difference. Those two men had the Spirit of God in them. the yeah. Spirit of God in them. That was the key. Mm. It's not knowledge that was the key. The key was, it was the Spirit. Because Jesus himself said, don't worry about what to say. When that time comes, you open your mouth, my spirit will speak. And they will have no answer to that. No answer to that. What made the difference was the Spirit of God. So that's what Bible is talking about. Bend to the Spirit. That same Spirit through whom you were born and became the children. Let us use that term. Uh, the Greek term would be technon or rio? Technon. technon baby, child. Child. Yeah. child. Born as a child. By the time you come to Romans eight nineteen or something, you should become no a son mature son, led by the Spirit. There's a process. Don't miss the process. Don't miss the process. Okay. Don't miss the process. And church is the home where you grow. Primary purpose of church is to see the church is not for uh, people who are not born again. Okay, for not born again. Okay, not born. So, let me just check. Uh, My is calling. Okay. She shouldn't be calling me now unless it is very rarely does she call me. No, let me see. There was a text unless she was pocketed. What happened? Okay, hmm. it's typing because my wife doesn't pocket dial, but unless it is, I hope it is. Okay, it's time. okay, I oh, no. So keep on bending with the spirit because the problem with the spirit is that spirit is very gentle. Spirit is very very gentle. The spirit. Is when it came upon Jesus, the spirit is the another type, is the dove. Okay, it's one of the most gentle of the birds. So why dove And why not eagle? You now if you want to look but it's not a dove. it's not the eagle, it's a dove. It's a dove. Okay. So it's a very gentle person. The Holy Spirit is a very gentle person, meaning it's very easy to resist the Holy Spirit.
1: Wow, it's not difficult. Yeah. It's
0: not difficult to resist the Holy Spirit. Mm. Why? Because he honors the very free will will. he gave us. He gave us. He Mm. gave us the free will. The Spirit of God is part of the Creator. The three created everything. So the Holy Spirit gave us the the free will. And He honors that. So it's very easy to resist the Holy Spirit. He won't push you. Never push it. Very gentle you know gentle and the picture about it bending with it the picture about it, the most beautiful picture i would say is found in first kings 19 first kings 19 okay verse 11 onwards 11 and 12 okay then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord and behold the Lord passed by and a great and a strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks. Okay. Now when God said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, I believe it is an impression on his mind. Okay. Impression. God speaks through different ways. Yeah, yeah. This thought comes into his mind and he goes, Behold, the Lord passed by a great and a strong wind, tore into the mountains, broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Mm. Yeah, next Next verse. verse. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. Mm. The Word of God says, verse 13, When he heard the voice, he came out. He came out. He came out. Everything okay, Sammy? Okay.
2: Technical
1: problem? Is it technical problem?
0: Okay. So look at it. This is the Holy Spirit. Okay. Not earthquake. Not wind. Not fire. Okay. It's, that's why, see, can you, can you miss an earthquake? Will you resist an earthquake? No. Will you resist fire? (laughs) No. Okay. When is this wind that breaks rocks into pieces? Will you resist it? But it's easy to resist a whisper. Okay. Resist a whisper. And the Bible says, so it was when Elijah heard it. He wrapped his face in his mantle, went out and stood in the entrance Mm. of the cave. So what does that teach you? Elijah is still a man who is very sensitive to the whisper of God. He goes out and stands to hear. That is how we became a man of prayer. You cannot become a man of prayer unless you are sensitive to the whisper. That's how God speaks to you. Your prayer closet is the most silent place in your life. The most silent place of your life where God speaks to you. Yes, you may cry, you may wail, you may this thing, but after that there is silence. And in that silence you hear the whisper. When you hear the whisper, you obey. Oh, you noises, you noises. obey. Why are you here? What are you doing here, Elijah? Next thing. Go, go back the way you came. And you need to do this thing. You see, Israel's destiny for two generations is determined by a whisper. Oh. <laughs> Elijah, till it's taken, and Elisha. for Two generations, many kings, is going to be determined by a whisper. A man heard and Mm -hmm. bend to the wind. Let us say the whisper as a gentle breeze. Other picture of the Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, not Mm -hmm. as a wind that breaks rocks, Mm -hmm. but a gentle breeze. So a gentle breeze, a man bent to it and determined the destiny of a nation for two generations. Because he listened to that, a whisper. That's what we are talking about, bending to the wind. The wind can be a breeze too, gentle now we sing that saying, no, gentle Savior." Yeah. Do not, you know. And the same picture you have with the most atrocious church in the seven churches in the Book of Je- Revelation. Gentle, he's
1: mm. not knocking mm. at the I'll door.
0: Why should the Creator of this universe knock on somebody's door and say, "Will you let me in?" And if you let me in, we both will come and dine with you, fellowship with you, and then through that process, you will overcome and you can reign with us. Why? Because that's who he is. Yes. That's who he is. Yes. Who he is. Yeah. That free will he has given us. Okay, okay, pastor may shout from the pulpit, but the Spirit of God will knock at your heart. He doesn't shout in your ears. He doesn't shout in your ears. He will gently speak, okay, do you hear that in that voice? You will hear his voice saying, open that door. That is the bending. Now let's go to barrenness. Okay. Okay. Okay, then you have Barrenness. Now, barrenness is a spiritual condition. There are two parts of barrenness. Please understand, there are two parts of barrenness. We have to be very careful that we don't confuse one with the other and think both are the same. Two parts of barrenness. One is, personally, I can be fruitful in my work and barren in my own life. I can be fruitful in my personal life and be barren in my outward. Both are there. Ideal, I should be fruitful. The fruit of the spirit. Let's go there. That is Galatians, 5. being okay. Galatians chapter five, five, and uh, verse twenty-one. Verse twenty-one, 21 and 21. twenty-two. Okay, twenty-one onwards. But the fruit of the spirit is a man can be very loving, joyful, peaceful, long-suffering, kind goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is what does it, when a man becomes like that, he has become fruitful. Mm -hmm. The fruit of the Spirit is manifested in him. Mm. But that doesn't mean he has a ministry. One thing he's not interested in is he's not interested in ministry. His wife will tell you, "You you're a very nice man, I love you. His children say, daddy is the best daddy in the world. But other than that, is engrossed in his work. (laughs) Workplace also. He is very loving, very joyful, very peaceful, this thing. But God can't use him to reach anybody. That is something which he won't do.
1: There also is exercising his will, right?
0: He's exercising his will. Exercising his will. On the other hand, there is another man. He is very fruitful in the ministry. He can bring people just like anybody. He's got his gifts and he uses his gifts like no man's business and brings tons of people in the kingdom of God. The problem is his wife can't stand up. (laughs) And children, when the bell rings, go silent. The house is like a
2: morgue.
0: (laughs) And he must have just come back after bringing 15 people into the kingdom. But when he gets in, in him there is no fruit. Wow okay, so this is the difference. there has to be it's like uh, you need two wings for a bird to fly., wow. okay. One is the fruit of the spirit, the other is the gift of the spirits, and this is how it should be ideally be used, mm. ideally be used. okay, So you can be very fruitful in the vineyard and be barren in your personal life very fruitful in your personal life and be barren but if you go to second peter chapter 1 and verse 5 onwards we will the the balance over there mm. for all but also for this very reason giving all diligence add to your faith virtue mm. to virtue knowledge to knowledge self-control to self-control perseverance to perseverance godliness to godliness, brotherly kindness. To brotherly kindness, love. For and for if these things are yours, not enough, and abound, meaning you have to keep working on it, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yep. Keep on adding to these things. You know what? You will not be barren or unfruitful. Your personal life, because your brotherly kindness is commandment number two. Commandment number, love God with all your heart. Commandment number two, you will start having an impact that on God. the lives on the others. Yes,
1: yes, yes.
0: It will start and bringing people into mm-hmm. the kingdom. You will start bearing fruit. It will happen. The power of the life of God will start flowing from you. You won't be just a silent witness. You will be, you become an active witness. So both are there. You have a testimony in your personal life and you have a, the life of God flowing through you. That's what Jesus said. Reverse of living. These are two, two parts of, uh, of the Holy Spirit. All put across and in, always in terms of the Holy Spirit. Please remember, without the Holy Spirit, you will not have these things, but the Holy Spirit works two different ways. John chapter four. Hmm? And verse 14. Got it? Yeah. And then there is another, I just was looking for that person. Yeah, Uh, that portion. Okay, this first portion is this. Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. The water I shall give him will become in him. In him, watch that, okay, in him, a founder of water springing up into everlasting life. Mm. He's drinking, he's drinking, he's drinking, he's drinking, and in him, he's got the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Now go to Genesis, uh, sorry, John chapter 7. Seven. Mm. Okay, yes. again, what is 37?
1: Mm. Last day of the feast. Hmm? Yes.
0: And to 38. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, it is not saying welling within him. It is talking about flowing from him. Mm -hmm. Both has to be there.
1: Welling within and flowing. Welling within
0: and flowing flowing out. That is when your life is not bare. You're working on both. You're working on both. Pastor, no?
1: But what is the, Then who is a more mature believer? For example, if I say uh, the person who's got fruit in his ministry but not fruit so much in his personal life, or the person who's got fruit in his personal life but not so much in the ministry, who's more mature? Would you say who's mature in terms? More
0: of mature will be definitely the 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 the. Person mm. in whom there is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Definitely, because ultimately God is looking for fruit. Mm. It is your father. I mean, in John chapter 15, it is not talking about ministry, it is looking about the fruit. The Father is the gardener mm. and the wine, and he comes and prunes so that we bring more and more and more. And you can see, even in the letters, of, except for Jesus, who was full matured in the Spirit, all the other apostles you can see the fruit of the Spirit Growing in the letters. The tone changes. Tone is not the same. The tone changing, but they are growing. The message is the same. But the person who is writing the message, you can see, is changing as the letters go. You see the more calm, more composed, more kinder, more, you know, that the fruit is being manifested. Okay. But you will also see, uh, like, let us take the example of either Paul or uh, John. On one side, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is growing in them. On the other side, their ministry is being curtailed. Oh. oh. You cannot... See, there are no mathematics with Parameters, this. yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, okay, yes, yes,
0: some yes. No mathematics with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even as the fruit of the Spirit is increasing with them, their are uh, lesser, lesser, lesser and the lesser powerful, and the opportunities public. they are getting mm-hmm. to preach. Basically, for me, this is the way I look at it. Basically, God is now shutting them down to preserve what is so powerful for the coming generations. Wow. So they're right. They're not preaching like before. Super, super. They are right. Okay. So I believe today what he's doing is that with men of God is that look to those men of God who've been there for years and growing old. Listen to their messages now. Mm-hmm. To their messages now because that is some total of their life. How the fruit of the Holy Spirit is bah. being manifested in them. And if you look at them when they were young, they were very less. Many of them were sons of thunder, but now they are sons of God, literal sons of God. <coughs> um, you will see, you no. Know? And that's what I think God is doing with. That's 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 the way I think He does. Even if you look at Jesus, the prime example. If you look at Jesus. And his gospels is going, preaching, 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 preaching. I mean, he preached to the crowds, he preached to the disciples, he preached in the towns, he preached in the villages. It's all there in the Bible, he preached. Okay. And then he comes to the end of his life. And John 11 onwards, he That's preached. Superb, superb. Mm. Okay. 1131, Judas is out. Then he takes a different tangent altogether. By the time you come to John seventeen eighteen gold preaching mm. is over. Yeah. But you look at mm. that what he preached at the end of his life only that is recorded. Wow. Yeah, wow. Mm. that's recorded. Okay, much of his preaching in between is not recorded. Not recorded. Yeah. We have sermon on the mount, <laughs> and after that the parables. But the the gold mine mm. is from John eleven so onwards. What does that tell you? But yet his ministry is over. It's not going to go anywhere. It's over. It's finished. His ministry is good. He's not going to go and preach to the crowds anymore. It's going to, in a few days, hours, it will be all done, finished. Okay? But God kept the best for the end, yeah. even for his son. So that's how you have to realize. This is the balance. Even as we grow over here, when you are young, we are growing. But we are very, very jealous. We preach. We do this thing. But as we grow older and older and older and older, God may change the nature of your ministry and don't get upset. Because he's preserving it for the subsequent generations, preserving. Okay, so that's how it. But both has to be there. Both has to be there. Because, like I said about Brother Lawrence, one book only he wrote. I mean, one book we know. Maybe he wrote others. Mm. I think he did. But this is one book he wrote. But how many is, oh. servants of God have been impacted, radically changed through that one book?
2: Mm.
0: Okay, because he one he he bent to the spirit of God, to the will of God, and second, mm. he was not barren. He was not there. He was fruitful. Okay. But you have to grow in both. Okay. You have to grow. But don't, don't look at number. Our problem is, our problem is that, uh, because we are so caught up with this modern type of churches and all, we always look at a person's reach through numbers. Okay, numbers. Now Let me ask you this question. Ultimately, how many people did Jesus teach? Twelve people. Right? Ultimately, he taught only twelve people. Of which one did not receive any of the teaching, betrayed and gone, eleven. But out of the eleven, how many wrote? Hmm. Peter, John, right? And Matthew. And Matthew. That's
1: it. Only three people wrote.
0: And the others... Also wrote by the same spirit. But having these people who have written, reached more people than everybody else put together, they are still reaching. So they bend themselves to the will of God. Mm. The will of God. Okay? They bend themselves. So don't put any parameters on your ministry. Because your ministry may be judged completely differently by God. Okay? One man may preach to thousands in his life. Another man may preach to two. One man has written nothing. Another man writes one book. Ultimately, in history, we will see the man who preached to two people and wrote one book reached millions and millions, generation after generation after generation. Some people are only for one generation. Some people are for many generations. But leave it to God. Leave it to God. Don't judge. Don't judge. Leave it to God. But the key is that We are not called to be barren. We are not called to be barren. Because barrenness, uh, like in the old covenant, barrenness was a sign of curse. That's why the women who were barren cried and Rachel said, I want to die. I would rather die than to remain barren. Because it's a curse. Because you're supposed to be fruitful. Supposed to be fruitful. So in the same way, in the kingdom of God, barrenness is a curse. It's a curse. That's why Jesus looked at that fellow and said, Okay, you were given one, how much? Ten. You one, five. And you? Barren. Throw him out. You mean to say, you had my spirit and you produced nothing? The spirit who created everything? You mean to say, actually you had my spirit and you brought forth nothing? He said, throw him in outer darkness. And out darkness, okay, and that's how we have to look at it. So there is bending and barrenness and we will not be barren. We will not be barren. We are called to bring much fruit, fruit. in our life. Okay, and it is to your, our father's glory, glory that we bear Lord. much fruit. Okay, and it, that first one is compulsory. You may be a housewife. Okay, let's use that term. You may be a housewife and you have no ministry. But you can say well, I have no ministry, so I don't have to be fruitful. No, the fruit of the spirit is demanded from you. In the church, the fruit of the spirit is compulsory subject. Everybody, you have to produce that fruit. It is a fruit of the spirit. The other one. Like, like I used to tell you when I came from mission grounds, no? When I tell you from mission grounds, one of the examples I gave you is that when you see a hundred meter dash, let's say in Olympics you see, there are two ways they finish. Either they finish chest first or they finish head first. Head first. Okay. Okay. Some of them who are running and far ahead of the others, they want to show off by finishing with the chest first. So they have no competition. Others finish with the Head first, that's a normal way, head first. Now I'm telling you, let us say it was the tip of his forehead or <laughs> nose that finished first. But does he get the medal? Yes. Oh no, no, the rest of the body didn't follow, mm-hmm. only your nose. So does they hang the medal on his nose? <laughs> no. No. The whole body receives it, right? Well, so that's what I used to tell the church, remember? When I go on a mission and come back with a very successful mission, I went alone. But you all came.
1: Well, yeah, a lot of-
0: I went alone, but you all came. When I finished, you finished. Because I go, I mean, positionally speaking on earth, as the pastor, if I am the head, you are the body. Yes. All right? So if I finish, you finish. Okay. I finish, you finish. Okay. So sometimes you need to realize is that if you are not involved in the church by what God is asking you to do. You may preach no sermon. You may do nothing of that. But if you are faithful in what we are called to do, you are fruitful in ministry. Amen. Amen. Yes. Thank You, Lord. you are fruitful in ministry. It's as simple as that. You are absolutely fruitful in ministry. You are simply faithful to what you were supposed to be in that body. So when the medal is hung around the neck, the whole body rejoices. So when salvation, in terms of salvation, Jesus is the head, He finished. So we finished in Him. We finished in Him. Mm-hmm. Possessionally speaking on earth, this is how you need to look at it. So how do I be, I be fruitful in ministry? The simple thing is that be faithful to your church. Be faithful to the church. Wow. Brother, all of you should not teach. All of you should not preach. All are not evangelists, all are not prophets, all are not this thing, but they're all in the church. Okay, church. Mm. So you need to find out what is my position in the church and be faithful to that. And when the church as a whole, when God sees, church as a whole brings forth this fruit. Everybody, like let us say, there's a war between, a short two-day war between India and Pakistan, and India, of course, wins. Okay. The fellow in Sekandarabad Cantonment is bursting crackers in the district. What did he go to fight? But why is he waiting? Because he's part of the victory. Because he's part of the army. It's part of the army. Sure. Yes. So his joy and our joy is different. Our joy is the joy of a citizen. His joy is the joy of a soldier. Soldier. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what? That's I mean, that's what you have to see in U.S. airports. U.S. is a country, I mean, it's going down sadly because of this crazy administration. But if you see in U.S. airports, when these troops who are returning from Iraq and Afghanistan, and then they're coming back and they have landed and they're in the uniform, you have to see the pictures or the videos. The people stand and they clap. Yeah, They clap for them. Why? Because you represented us over there. We're all part of the same team. We're not part of two teams. Okay. So that's how we have to look at it. And that is where you will not be barren. You will not be barren. So there is spiritual fruitfulness in your personal life and fruitfulness in the ministry. Simple thing is that. Be active in your church. Whatever you are told to do, do it. Just do it. Just do it. It comes from, starts by coming to church before time. not After church begins, what can you tell them? Please close the door softly. What does it to people who come to church in summer? After the church has begun. All you can do is shut the door behind you. The AC is on. What more can you tell them? That's all. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Okay, these are lessons. Okay, These are lessons.
1: So there's another question which uh, has to be tackled for a while. Mm. This is uh, question number uh, six. Um, It's a question on a judge and a king. Mm. Um, What is the difference between a judge and a king in those times? This is referring to the people asking for Saul as king. So, what exactly in the mind of the people, what was in the
0: mind of the people when they asked for a king? See, uh, primarily, if you you look at the book of Judges, uh, the book of the Judges, that's where the judges actually come. The judge was basically a judge. Basically, a judge. Meaning, he didn't rule like a king's ruled. Mm -hmm. He did not have that sovereign authority. He did not have. People came, see, honestly let me ask you this question. Does the government really rule us? No. 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 We rule ourselves. We don't need the government. See, if you got the law in your heart, you don't need a government. Mm We don't need a government. The, see, the Bible, Paul tells in uh, Titus, I think, but the law in, in, in is for the... One. Yeah, first Timothy chapter 1. The law is for the lawless. Yeah, the law is for the lawless. Um, the law-abiding ones, those who know the law, and it's in their hearts. They don't need the law. You don't have to tell them. Okay, so they don't need a king. They don't need a king. They just need a judge. Meaning... What does a judge do? The primary job of the judge is to interpret the law. Yeah. Okay. This one says, Samit says, this is how I look at it. Pastor Vijay says, no, this is how I look at it. So you go to a judge, meaning they have a conflict. Go to the judge and the judge says, this is what the law says. He says, but I think this is what the law says. He said, but I think this is what, but ultimately he says, this is what the law says. And there is a resolution. Mm-hmm. So Israel basically at that time only needed a judge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other nations had kings. So, they wanted a king. They wanted a king. God says, I wanted to give you a king also, but I don't want you to give you a king like other kings. Other kings. I want to give you a king. Because that's why I told Saul, they did not reject Samuel, They did not reject you. Don't get upset. They rejected me. Rejected me. Okay. So, we need to realize in eternity it will be like that. We will have the law in our hearts. Jesus will be king. But he doesn't have to rule over anybody. He doesn't have to rule over anybody. Because everybody will be self-governed. There will be no conflict, absolute peace, atmosphere of love, peace, kindness, everything, absolutely. No traffic cops, no batons, no lati charge, no tear gas, no guns, nothing will be needed. Not during the thousand-year rule. He rules with a scepter of iron. Because, still, because still. all the creepy crawly, th- I mean, the, see there are, there are people who came through the tribulation and reached heaven. There are people who came through tribulation and survived and living on earth. So what hardened people they must be. Wow. They are not ordinary people. There's one set of people who will escape every plague and come through. They have to be ruled with us. They have to be ruled with (laughs) us. And the saints have to be ruled. Yet, they will marry. They will produce progeny. This progeny won't die young. Even the youngest will be 100 years old. And they won't get saved easily. That is why we are being trained with patience and endurance and kindness and perseverance in our own lives because you have to rule over these people (laughs) who will not bend easily. So you have to use the stick on one side and the carrot on another side. These fellows won't die also easily. So God says, do you know what you need to rule over these people? The patience of Noah. 120 years preaching, nobody gets saved. But still preaching the same message, not changing.
2: Wow.
0: Okay, now we need to understand. When God tells us certain things, we need to understand. You, why should I need all these things to overcome? Because overcomes rule. So why should I need all this in the millennium? Really? Isn't we a perfect. He said, Don't. have you ever read your Bible? that are not the kind of people, these are not ordinary people who survived tribulation. (laughs) What kind of people this must be to survive tribulation? What kind of people should be these people that you live under thousand years of Jesus' rule and then listen to the devil and go after Jesus? What kind of people must be? I can understand people. We are called to live by faith and not by sight. But live by sight under Jesus. Thousand years. Thousand years. Satan is locked up, but the minute Satan is released, he's able to turn all of them against Jesus, almost everybody against Jesus. What kind of people? It's oh, a mystery of lawlessness. It's a mystery of iniquity.
2: Mystery
0: of, <laughs> mystery of lawlessness. So that is where we need to realize. That's what the Bible is talking about. So coming back to the question, you know. So a judge is basically, his job is to interpret the law. interpret the law. This is what justice is, and when you apply justice, what do you get? righteousness. But the king is not that. The king is different. The king rules, the king governs. yeah, I believe I believe, I mean, you have to go through it. The book of judges or the 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 beginning when Israel uh got in and it, America was more like that. They had small little towns, small little places, and they were practically self-governed. Local government; the federal government never interfered, rarely. That was the entire idea: small government. Small government. Yes. Where did the federal government invent military and foreign policy? Gave you a completely free environment. You make your own laws in your town, live by your laws, and keep your laws. So that is why you look at their their judges are elected. Their police chief is elected. Everybody, prosecutor is elected. Everybody is elected. And cities have their own laws. One city's law may differ from another city. Generally, may be the same. Or that has to be there. But certain may be completely different. Be different. And the federal government, the federal government, now it has become overarching and all. But that is not how it was. And I believe that is how Israel was. Okay? You have these cities and towns given to different tribes and all of them have the same law. Mm same law. And you come yourself. Look for rain. It will come fun. Take care of you, this thing and all, and all this thing. And you know what? Have a standing army. Have a standing army. But you don't have to worry about your enemies. You do what God tells you to do. God will fight for you. You don't have to worry about your enemies overpowering you. They cannot overpower you. All you need to is see to that God is with you. Hmm. So when you have any issues, go to the judge. The judge will do it. I believe that was a more kind of the elders, the leaders, the tribals, heads were the patriarchs. The father ruled the house. The patriarch ruled the clan. It was the way it was run. Okay. So you didn't need a king. You didn't need a king. Okay, It was more like the founding fathers had the idea about America being a nation. Yet there was the military. If there was war, the, the judges led them, if you want to put it. Joshua led them. He was not a king. He was a judge. He was not a king, he was a judge And he was in the the type of a judge Not in the type of a king But they wanted a king But the problem was See the difference between the judge And the king is that The judge also had to work and take care of his own family But he said if you get a king This is what he will do to you Your sons and daughters He will tax you out of this world This is what will happen. (laughs) Okay, but you want a king? The king will ultimately come. He says, I know you people. You will ask for a king. I'll give you a king. But okay, I'll give you rules for the king also. Let him have this book of the law, personal copy. Let him not do this thing. One, horses, multiply wives. Silver and gold. And silver and gold. Let him not, Because you know what what happens. Interestingly, these are rules only to the kings and not rules to the other people. He didn't say you shall not multiply gold and silver. He didn't tell the people. But he told the king, don't do that. He didn't tell the ordinary person, you cannot have too many horses. He only told the king. He didn't tell people, don't marry more than one. Because you will see, many of them had more than one wife. He only told the king. Why? Because you are a king. And you represent me to them. And you have to be entirely dependent upon me. Don't depend on gold. Do you know why in the Middle Ages, the... Catholic Church and the Christians and all, all of them hated the Jews. Yes, because you know. the kings had to borrow money from oh, the yeah. Jews to conduct wars. The Jews were the rich. That's know. how much and the Venice, Shylock and all these the things come. The all these characters British, are all yeah. Jews and the Jews had money. Kings go to war, soldiers have to be paid, soldiers are mercenaries, where do you borrow money from? You have to borrow money from the Jews. So they hated the Jews, but they loved their money. <laughs> Yeah, even okay. Most, the same thing God is saying. You know what? Don't multiply gold and silver. Don't multiply because you will start relying on this and rely and don't multiply wives. What will happen? They, you, you will not have one mind. They will turn your mind and heart away. You cannot be as a king. You need to be focused. Okay. So he put in the rider also over there. Okay, so that's how it works if you look into the law and the difference between a judge and a king was that but for us Christ he is our king he is our judge he is our priest mm. he is our prophet he is our everything he is our everything
1: yes now we go to the next question yes we we'll, we'll go to the next question Pastor, yeah. this uh, question over 7 is a personal question uh, husband and wife question uh <laughs> None of us easily admits we have wronged each other. God will give me a signal of guilt to help me recognize where I have wronged my husband. Jesus warned in Matthew chapter 5, failure to care for our side of the offense in a conflict is highly dangerous. Would you agree when we do not attend to sin in our lives, we become vulnerable to the enemy's attack in that area? I mean, families, families
0: are destroyed, are destroyed by this one thing alone. Families are destroyed. Okay. Absolutely destroyed. I mean, I'm telling you honestly. If you don't deal with this, you will never fulfill God's purpose in your life. You are like we, like when horses were captured in a war in Israel, they were told hamstring. Yeah, that's the tendon After that, the horses cannot run. If they cannot run, they're useless for battle. And most families get ham. Most Christians get hamstrung in their homes. And God cannot use them. Cannot use them. I'm telling you seriously, cannot use them. And that's where we need to realize. And the, 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 the issue over here is that it's easier to take a city, whatever God says, than a brother who is offended. So it's easier to conquer a city than to a wife or husband who is offended. And this is where one has to be very, 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 very careful, okay? Because you have to deal with these things. The problem is, and, and Jesus puts it across, okay? I'm telling you, Jesus puts it very, very, this is, because Jesus was, we don't have to go up to study psychology. It's all there in the Bible. Turn to Judges John, John, chapter. I think it is yesterday's reading, it was there, mm. no? Um, Matthew 7, not judge, sorry. Matthew 7 and verse 1 to 5. 1 to 5. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look a plank is in your own eye? Okay. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye and you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eyes. Let's go from verse three onwards. Okay. Yeah, three onwards. Three. Same thing, yeah. Yeah. Let me change the adjectives or the pronouns or nouns a little here. Why do you look at the speck in your husband's eye and do not consider the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your wife, let me remove the speck from your eye and look a plank in your own eye? Let's make it very personal. Okay, verse 5. You hypocrite, first remove the plank for your own eye and you will be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your wife's or your husband's. It's as simple as that. Deva. And this is a basic problem. Because, let me tell you experience as pastor, counseling for so many years. If you talk to a man, or if you talk to a woman, any marriage, anywhere in the world, who is going through counseling, how are things? The wife will say, "Ah, things are much better because my husband is behaving better now. If you ask the man, he will say, things are much better because my wife is behaving better now. So they always thought the problem was with the other one. Wow. I never thought there was a problem with you. I mean, if he were to change, house would be happy. But that's exactly what God is saying, you hypocrite. Oh boy. He says, when you stand before me, I will tell you, you are the problem to the man. And when the woman stands, he says, I will tell you, you are the problem. You are the problem. Oh boy. <laughs> that is how you have to look at it. God is saying, he's not saying judge, judge not. He's actually judge yourself. Judge yourself and correct yourself. Each one, keep judging yourself and correcting yourself. And he says, you know what, it will change. It will change. And that is where the problem actually, when I look at it, that's where the problem comes. Almost 99, I'm not a 99, why should I say 99, after Jesus died and rose from the grave, 100% of every marriage issue can be solved. Jesus said, even adultery, the most serious case in a marriage, he says, it's because of the hardness of your heart. If you think it cannot be solved, it's only because of the hardness. Not, It's not impossible. If you were to forgive, even that I will restore. There's nothing possible in a marriage that cannot be solved. If it is not solved, it's because you got a blank in your eye and you're forever pointing at the speck, both parties as simple as that. I'm telling you very, very, very seriously. And because that is happening over there, you know what? You're missing God's purpose entirely in your generation. Because you're simply I mean, your prayers are not even answered. You may pray. I'm not saying answered. Your prayers are not even heard. God's not even hearing your prayers. Even for others, forget about yourself. We'll say, okay, I'm going to pray for others, but he says, I don't want to hear your prayers. I don't want to hear your prayers. First put that right. Put that right. Okay. Put that. And it's a very serious thing. So you know what the most the 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 army, like the great saints said, the army of the Lord marches on their knees. Meaning the army of God on earth are those who pray. And the devil is very smart. He says, You know what? Okay, hamstring them, hamstring them, hamstring them, hamstring them, hamstring them. I hope they never understand if they pray, things will happen. So hamstring them, let after that let them pray. I know you won't hear. I will give you scripture. First Peter chapter three, verse seven. Got it husbands likewise deal with them with understanding giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered now don't take it and think it's a, these are all principles otherwise to have a meek and a lowly spirit is only for the woman no it's principles it principles okay the entire chapter 3 is talked specifically to marriage but every word in that is a principle Wives submit your husband in all things. If some of them do not believe, without a word, they can be saved when they see your submissive and reverential behavior. I can re- rewrite it and says, husbands, be very kind and compassionate to your wife. If she does not believe, when he sees she sees your kind and reverential behavior, she may be saved without a word. It's a principle. These are principles. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Because these are principles in the same way. A meek and a quiet spirit of exceedingly great value. What, only in women or not in men? Jesus said, learn of me, I am meek and lowly. So now coming over here, God is saying, you know what? Live with each other. Let's take the husband out there and the wife out of there. Couples, likewise, dwell with each other with understanding. Giving honor to one another one another. Because we are living in a different age. We are not living in the age when this was written. We are living in an age where feminism is on the top. So women are not typically weak under the law today. All the laws have been changed to make the woman powerful. So this is for both. Both. To both of you are being told. Let me ask you this simple question. If you want to take up, in a real, real, real question. If there is a marriage and a split and there is a custody battle. Who's the one in trouble? The woman or the man? man? The man. So under the law, the woman is no longer physically, she may be weak, but under the law, she's not a weak person anymore. Okay. The law has been changed, but we are not looking at that. What God is saying, look at the principle over here. His he prayers get hindered. Prayers get hindered. In the home, they get hindered. And that's why I yeah, say, you know what? See, our problem is, let's go, let's go to first Corinthians chapter eight. Uh, sorry, chapter 13 and verse 4. Okay. Why did I say, I, why did I bring 4 to 8? We can put it. Why did I say it is okay? Because when they, when a couple fights, when a couple fights, the word that will be used in the complaint that will always come is that, you never love me, you don't love me, you hate me. The problem is people don't even know what love is. Hmm. Love is an emotion now. So, like the word my wife use, mushy emotion. Now. That's what love is. Love is not an emotion. Though it has emotion in it, that's not primarily what it is. Okay. Love is action. There are things love does, things love does not do. And that is the list given here. First thing love does, it suffers long. Your partner, your, I don't want to use the term partner, it's a terrible word. Your spouse may not let us say, maybe an unkind person, but he made a covenant. So what does love do? It suffers love and is still kind. Oh, you are unkind, I will be unkind. God says, you don't understand what love is. You don't understand what love is. That's not what it is. You are unkind every day, but God is still kind to you. This is what love is, because God is love. God is love. When When the Bible says God is love, it describes what that love is, how God acts. Love suffers long and it's still kind. It's still kind. Love does not envy. The envy can destroy
1: a home. home yes.
0: Relationships, brothers, family. Joseph's family was, dis- I mean, Jacob's family was destroyed by envy. envy. Destroyed by envy. An A-Cain killed Abel by because of envy. And envy between a husband and wife is the dirtiest of all <laughs> envies. And it is so much there today because husband and wife both go to work. Both go to work. And that brought envy in. Why? Because it brings uh, commendation, salaries. Husband may get lesser than wife. Hus- wife may get five stars and husband gets one. Husband, people just are not led by God in their marriages. They just marry and then bring God into the picture. So wife may have two PhDs. Husband may be 10th past all that is okay if God is there in the picture, mm-hmm. but these things should not bring envy and insecurity. All these things can become insecure, bring envy and insecurity. All kind of things, you know. In the public square, hmm, um, ten people may compliment the wife for her success and nobody compliments the husband. Now if the husband is known by the wife. That is what happened to Saul. They complimented David and did not compliment Saul. Envy came in. So what I'm saying is that love does not envy.
2: Mm.
0: It does not envy. does not envy. That's what love does. It does not envy. Your wife may get compliment. Okay, I may get two calls a day. My wife gets 200. Thank you, Lord, if she's the one who's called and not me, but I am the pastor. Why doesn't everybody call me? The only thing I say is that if there's a church decision, come to me. Don't come through Mary. Every other decision go to Mary, I have no issues. Okay? Because, later don't come and tell we did it fast. I said, but I didn't tell you to do it. That is my only issue. Otherwise I have no issues with any of these things. Okay? Any... <laughs> things. Okay. okay? So, you need to understand where it lies. You have to deal with it. You have to deal with these issues. Because this comes into 21st century marriages. Because, Women are, many women are very talented, very successful. Okay, successful. Okay. And will envy come into your marriage? Hmm. Love does not parade itself. Love does not parade itself. Okay. okay. After envy comes, the parade, Republic Day parade comes. Okay. <laughs> because that's what happens. Okay. Because what when when marriages fall apart, all these things happen. All these things happen, okay? Because now, instead of complementing each other, that's what God actually meant. I shall make a helpmate yes. that is meet for you that complements you. Okay. Now, what is the number one con- reason given in divorce? Incompatible. Wow. On incompatibility mm-hmm. grounds of incompatibility, they file for the divorce. Yeah,
2: sources. that
0: is also there, but actual reason we it's are not compatible. These differences come, say, because the reason is we are incompatible. Okay? So, but that's not what God says. God says, you know what, you're supposed to compliment each other. Compliment each other. Okay? Meaning your success is my success. My success is your success, because we are one, we are not two. Yet, you will never forget order. The wife brings one lakh, husband brings twenty thousand, but you are still the head. That never changes. I will still submit you in all things as unto the Lord. And I will still love you and give myself for him. So these things don't change. The world, like I keep saying, the world stops at the door. Does not get in. Once you get in through the door, you put away your office hats. The kingdom begins. The kingdom begins. That is how you have to relate. Otherwise, you know What? Offense comes, and forgiveness comes, all these things comes. Does not behave rudely. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Seek its own soul. It is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. If you look at it, everything is action. Either does something or it does not something do something. Suffers long. Is kind. Does not. Okay? Yeah. It's not provoked. It bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Then it comes and gives the punchline. This love never fails. fails. Now this is what love is. Mm. This is what love is. This is what love is. So when you go back to the question, you see what when you have this love, there is no room for unforgiveness. Mm. There is no room for holding resentment. No. Let me ask you this question. Listen, Doctor Richard is here today. Doctor Richard, here okay? Just imagine, okay? Sammy is fallen ill. Okay, let us say he had a. Whatever allergy, whatever reaction it fits, or whatever he had, this thing. And Doctor Richard has the medicine in his house, but he sits there and keeps quiet and watches him die, slowly. All it takes him is two minutes. Go there and give him a shot. He'll be fine. But he keeps it and says, "I will not give it him." Later, you find out Sammy is gone, and Doctor Richard had the medicine. What will you think about Doctor Richard? murderer, right? You know what kills people? It's unforgiveness. You have the power to forgive and you allow your spouse to die. Understand? I'm being very, very serious here. Both husband and wife, you have the power to save the life, but you refuse to give it. You know what? You know what kills marriages? Unforgiveness. You refuse to let go. That's what Jesus is talking about. The same measure, it will be dealt to you. Whenever the term measure is used, yes. remember the Lord's Prayer. I like in Nepali, Chasari. I will stop them there and say, Kasari. Chasari. Okay. Ah, same measure you used to forgive, same measure I will forgive. So, you need to understand that. Okay. And they pile up, pile up, pile up, pile up, pile up. They have more deposit of unforgiveness in their <laughs> life than money in their bank. Deposit every day, regular deposit. <laughs> okay. When it comes to unforgiveness, many people have what the banks call, new banks call, sweep account. It's swept in there. When it comes to unforgiveness, your bank balance should be empty. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. You look at the Son of Man on the cross. Bank balance is empty. Father, forgive them. Every one of them. Every one of them. Every one of them. For they do not know what they are doing. Including those four guys down there. Four guys down there. They they nailed me. They nailed me. They are not done. I had five pieces of garment. They divided four. And they are drawing lots for the fifth one. Forgive them, Lord. They don't know what to do. They know, they have no clue what they are doing. Forgive them. Mm -hmm. Bank balance empty. Not a single person on planet earth unforgiven when he died. Everybody forgiven. Known, unknown, everybody forgiven. And that's what makes the marriage run. Forgiven. Okay, that's what Bible says. Love covers. Multitude of sins. Multitude of sins. It covers. It covers. Okay, and that's how life, is, that's how it works. And if you don't bring that oil in, marriage won't run. No? <laughs> Two murderers living in one house. <laughs> 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 Softly killing with love. <laughs> but not the love of the Bible, A like different love. <laughs> Please, children all around the world, and uh, even the ones in the underground churches who have gone through unbelievable pain in the past days. You have gone through brutality unspeakable. You've been wounded, you've been raped, and children, men, women have been killed right in front of your eyes. But those men have no faces. Forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. They have no faces. I will tell you the strength of scripture from the master who did it on the cross. He had faces. These people come in the dark. You don't even know them. Some of you may know them. They come. They go. Forgive them. Why? So that God can flood your spirit with his spirit and heal you. Because I'm honestly speaking for those of you who have survived. I'm not worried about the, the wounds in your body. I pray more for the trauma in your soul. That you should not carry unforgiveness in your soul. Or let go. Wounds in the body will heal. Will heal. It will heal. And even if it does not heal, it is okay. We are going to get a perfect body. No scar. The only body with scars in heaven will be Jesus' body. Nobody will have to have any scar. But your soul. Watch over your soul. The best way to handle your soul is... Every day, see your bank account of forgiveness, forgiveness is empty. empty. Forgiven everybody. Today you were attacked. Forgiven. Tomorrow you may be attacked. Forgiven. Now go ahead and forgive in advance. Walk in that freedom of the spirit. That's how you do it. Okay? That's how you move. It's highly, highly dangerous. Okay? Because then we are vulnerable. We are like what we use clay in the enemy's hands he molds us in whichever shape he wants us we are supposed to be clay in the master's hand Hmm. that's where the great men in the bible were why was Moses so great because of his forgiveness why was David so great because of his forgiveness see when we study people like Joshua and all we study about war tactics when we study Moses and David, we study about life. life. He's a forgiving man. Unbelievably forgiving. So these are special category people who understood the heart of God and they forgave. They forgave. Though they were sinned against and when David was unforgiving in his act, not even forgiving, when he dealt with Uriah, and that's why God was so upset so upset with it. Why was God so upset with David over that act when other kings did worse things? He said, you know what David, you on earth for the next till I come will reflect my heart to people and what you did was terrible. Mm. What you did was terrible. Mm. I wanted your character to be untouched. You are like my son. What a forgiving man. How could you do this? How could you do That's why that illustration is given to Nathan. There was a rich man with so many sheep and lambs and all this thing and there was this poor man with one this thing and this rich man takes the poor man. So, what kind of an act is that? How could he be so hard-hearted? Hmm. That's what he's talking about. So get those pictures in. Yes, Pastor Vijay, we have time to handle one more question. or uh, we stop now? Time is, we'll it's stop. 8 o'clock, so. we'll stop. So, oh, no, we round off. It was a good set of questions. No? Personal life changing serious questions no don't look at the temporal, whether it is you are living in a good part of the world, whether it's no persecution, or a terrible part of the world where there is terrible persecution, both are temporal, the liberty you f- face or the the riches you enjoy in a free world the persecution both are temporal, eternity is coming. Mm-hmm. So keep your eyes on things that are eternal. And when you stand before God, see, let me tell you about this thing as I close. Salvation is by faith. Judgment is by works. Be very careful about that. Salvation is by faith and faith alone in the work of Christ. When you stand before God, judgment will be by Our personal works. That's where the books are opened. Books are opened. Everything in the book where we have not forgiven will be written. It will be there. Like we say in India, competitive exams, there will be negative marking. Hmm. There will be negative marking. So the simple thing is that let go Honestly, if you let go in your heart, you know, it's very easy to be normal. Even if the other person you are free. You are free. Okay? Unforgiveness is the poison you drink to kill somebody else. Mm -hmm. Just let go and be normal. Mm -hmm. Have peace with God. Just do that. Okay? Because homes are weak, churches weak. Church is weak. Nation speak. There was a French traveler philosopher who came to US, I don't know it's 18th century or something, he says, I wanted to personally visit the US and to find out how could a young nation become so great so fast. And he writes, I cannot quote verbatim, but he quotes about the, the, the institutions he visited. And he said, I saw this, I saw this, I saw this, I saw this. Then he said, then I went into the church. And I realized the strength of this nation comes from the strength of the pulpit. Word is uncompromised. This nation has risen on the strength of the pulpit. Today, the same nation has gone down because the pulpits went down. And people changed. Okay? So... When we speak, we speak the truth, we struggle with the same truth, but we don't change the truth because, oh, I have to preach according to my experience. No, sir. The word of God is head and heels above my experience. Not sure, not sure. It does not. Even if I have not won in a particular area in my life, I will not say it cannot be won because mm-hmm. the word of God says it can, it can be, be one. It can be won. So the word of God has been magnified above everything else, every situation. So we will stand there and we will preach the word of God and the word of God gives us hope.
1: There's one man who said um, uh, no no church may live up to the standards of its pulpit, Mm. but no no church can go above its pulpit. Above its pulpit. It cannot go
0: above. It's not possible. Individuals may go on their own search and study, but a church in its own, impossible. It's impossible. Okay, so take all that you heard to heart and practice it today, not tomorrow. Amen. By okay, tomorrow heart will get more hardened. <laughs> today is the day. Amen. Okay, and let me tell you as we are close because we are talking about men and women are different. Okay, men and women are different and that's what the Bible says of, uh, living with your wife with understanding. I would put in the same token, wives, live with your husband, also with understanding. Okay. No, I want a written apology. It doesn't work like that. Know your husband. Husbands say sorry in different ways. Know your husband and accept it. Okay. Communication is more than verbal. More than verbal. So accept that. In the same way, men, accept that. From your wife. Okay. And men should be more ready to forgive their wives. Than words versa. Because the Bible says. They are weaker vessels. Meaning they are more emotional. So emotions will take some time to settle down. Okay. So as simple as that. Okay. I will just so just put your hand over your Pastor Vijay. Okay. okay. Now a husband who said something nasty. So let us say Roshan said something. No you didn't. But said something nasty to Tabitha. Okay, uh, now he heard it and he goes back and when he goes back, Tavita is sitting at the table and he just does that. You know what he saying? I'm sorry. Receive it. She knows he doesn't do that regularly. He does it only when he's convicted. And she presses back saying, I receive your apology. That's all it takes. That's how you live with understanding. Everybody is waiting for a verbal confession and all. You don't need that in a home. You love with each other with understanding. With understanding. Okay? So understanding. That's how that's a love is a whole series of action. Whole series of action. Okay. Or let us say Roshan went home. Tavita has gone to sleep. Or she's sleepy, he doesn't say anything. But tomorrow morning he wakes up and puts an entire load of wash and washes and hangs it. And Tavita realizes he never does this. He's saying sorry. He's saying sorry. Honestly, this is how you, how you love and you understand. My husband has communicated to me, I am sorry. So you know what I am saying? I am also going to communicate to him, I am sorry in a different way. You know what? House is full of action. You don't need a movie, you need to watch a movie, it's full of action. Because each one is giving themselves to other. But the problem is we say, see this is with God. God doesn't want action, he wants words. What can you do for me? You just confess because the other fellow is waiting to hear. Otherwise, if you don't say, he will take turn it and turn it around. You open your mouth and confess. Your actions won't move him. Your action can't move me. I want words. And I want actions. Restitution also. But I want words first. With you, with me, in the spiritual realm, we need words. In the physical realm, with husband and wife, it doesn't have to be words. Communication. Words are there. And you know, once you have Non-verbal understanding. You know, after that, you suddenly realize you are able to converse, and the whole thing is forgotten. Exactly, you can it's all sort of
1: mm-hmm. sort
0: of. That's how you look. <sighs> That's how you Keep clean sheet, I'm telling you. Otherwise, you're mad. And we don't have time for this because times are coming. It's going to be very, very difficult times. Only God can take homes and churches through. And if God cannot take you, we will fall apart. Homes will fall, individuals will fall, will fall away from faith because of what is coming, nobody will be able to withstand it if God is not for you. So the simple thing is that make sure God is for you. The first thing you need to do for God to be with you is forgive, forgive one another as Christ has forgiven us. Amen? Amen. Let's pass in prayer, Father, we just
1: want to thank you, Lord, for teaching us your ways, showing us your paths. You love us, and therefore you speak to us. Commandment is lamp, law is light, the proofs of instruction are a way of life. I pray, Father, that Lord, we will stay, go back to that straight and narrow path. And even as we heard this evening, O oh Lord, we will walk in forgiveness. We will make a conscious decision, O oh Lord, to forgive and let go, so that, Lord, you can flood us with your love and with your Holy Spirit in our lives and make us into a blessing. We thank you once again for this time. Lord, even as we, Father, wind up this day and, Lord, prepare ourselves for tomorrow, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would grant us another day, O oh Lord, so that we can continuously prepare, us, prepare ourselves for your coming. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.